2: We're all back in our respective uh places and locations, no longer in person. I was always How in was, body. What are you
3: talking about?
2: was? God
3: damn it. Are we starting the show? Is this a show? Are you talking to the listeners?
2: I was talking, yeah. I was talking to the listeners.
3: Okay. We're back. We're back home. Or you you're gonna introduce a show That You're just talking.
2: Oh my god. Introduce the show. Go, 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 go show. Go.
3: Hello, and welcome to Breaking Geek Reader, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of our online. At least it would be if Danny could get his shit together.
2: Yeah, I don't understand. Either, Danny's don't saying know. that his shit isn't working. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what that means, Danny. Zoom is just a link. On. Yeah, it's a it's link. Like, I, need, I need to log in. He's like, computer says no. It's like, all right, that means nothing to me. Like, you're doing something wrong, Danny. Get your shit together. Spend less uh, time. Freaking, you know, working out your muscles and more time working out your brain with technology.
3: Wow. Wow. Deep cut. I right. thought you were going to say like working out that one muscle that matters, just like the clicker the finger. Yeah. Whichever oh. your clicker finger is, that's the one you need. Just click the link.
2: It's like your forearm.
3: Like, is that your index finger?
2: I don't think it's your, your index finger it's doesn't have wiggle. a muscle, but it's your forearm has is the muscle for that. You're saying
3: there are no muscles in your fingers? I don't think so. Interesting. I feel like that can't be true.
2: I feel like you might be right, but I also feel like I might be right, too. So, Red I don't rum. know. Red rum. <clears throat> anyway. I'm sorry.
3: We're just wiggling no, our fingers. No one, else, yet. On no one else
2: can see what you're doing. I'm
3: explaining. Red rum. Red rum. See That's now not I feel explaining bad anything.
0: You're just repeating like,
3: it. I was going to You keep interrupting. I feel bad now because we've introduced the show. We're just wiggling our, our fingers at each other.
0: <laughs> I'm not know. Welcome.
2: Welcome. Welcome. This Welcome is the show. The this is the show. By the way, as if I start as- to go off the deep end Uh-oh. and start to mumble, it's because I am not feeling quite all there. Kirsten has been sick for the past two days and oh I'm God. starting to feel a little something, get the occasional hot flash, also the occasional loss of threads of words that um I'm doing Man, it now where I just, I thought I you were can't. about to
3: say, I thought you were about to say loss of taste and smell. And I was going kind to of like, what? The no, fuck? no, 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 no. So for those of you who may or may not have know, didn't listen to last week's show, we did a, a live show show, sort of. It was semi-live, semi-live. We'll go semi-live. We that was the semi-live. first time that's semi-live. No, we, like, we recorded
2: the, in person.
3: Yeah. Semi-live. Semi-live. Okay. I don't know. Semi-live and in person, I guess. Uh, that was the first time some of us had met and it was a good time. But now Jammer is apparently telling me that he and his wife have COVID, which is all awesome. I didn't they say that. For the I weekend. did not say that. Uh, that's did what I'm hearing. Say that. You're like, oh I, man, she's not feeling well, and I'm not feeling we, well. I can't keep she my She took a COVID together.
2: test yesterday, and it was uh, negative.
3: Uh, I've ordered more COVID uh, tests. Yeah, you guys have that that Zeta variant that just doesn't show up. The Zeta anywhere. variant. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's scary? I saw there's this research. It's super small sample size, but there were about 400 some odd people that had their brain scanned prior to getting COVID and they no, compared it afterwards. No. And they're like, here are the lingering effects on your brain.
2: What'd they say? What are the lingering so effects? So,
3: one of the things was basically brain damage to the area with taste and smell. Oh. Another one was potential uh, smaller brain size, which uh, correlates what? to cognitive abilities. And Would I forgot what's your the other brain. One was. Yeah. There's one what? more. Yeah. That sounds you like know. bullshit. Ah. Uh, I can send you the thing. I can send you the uh, the the bit.ly link.
2: Say COVID smaller <laughs> brain. Oh my God. Even mild COVID can cause brain shrinkage and affect mental function, new study shows.
3: No. Where'd you find that since you didn't believe me?
2: It's called The Conversation. I've never heard of this
3: place. Never heard of yeah, this place. Yeah, find it better. Find, find another one. While yeah. you're doing that, I'm going to- I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to do while that. While you're doing that. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. You, no, I'm not you gonna do, do your independent research. I'm going to no, no, continue on with the show. I'm not going to do the independent research. Oh, I'm dropping the subject Fine. right now. Fine. So on this show, it's just Jammer and I, as you can hear, this just like random, vague, bickering, married couple type thing. And on this show, we've got, so we're not going to be talking about a movie today, but we have, we are going to be talking about a movie. We have a ton of post-mortem Batman stuff, but not actually like post-mortem because he's not dead. Let's say post premiere post-premiere Batman stuff we have a post mortem also sounds that. negative like usually it's when something I, fails yeah, yeah you yeah. know no that's that's the thing well yeah so we'll we'll workshop that we'll we'll figure out a thing for the after effects of a movie being released but we're going to talk about that and a whole host of other news so stick with us we're we're going to get into it right now so The first thing we want to talk about, this is a story that Nick Dahl shared. There was an AMC, for lack of a better phrase, pricing surge on the Batman. And if you look at what happened in AMC theaters across the country, it averaged out to about a dollar more that you were paying to see the Batman uh, than any other movie that was premiering at the time or out at the time. And so this is information that we got. Deadline is reporting this coming from Adam Aarons, who is the CEO of AMC. And this yeah. is the conversation he had. Now, the thing that sucks is we don't have what he actually said. And there's a part of me that I want to think that, you know, based on the fact that people haven't been going to the movies, that this is really like, hey, we, we've got to find a way to recuperate costs. But as you heard, like the vomit sound that Jammer made, this is AMC. This is the same the same theater chain that when Universal said, Hey. Because of the pandemic, we don't want to release trolls in theaters. We're going to release it simultaneously. Uh, AMC threatened not to show the Fast and the Furious in theaters because they felt that they were bilking them out of money, right? So it's hard to feel like they are uh, good actors. I mean, Adam Aaron
2: specifically is somebody who has rubbed me the wrong way for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ever since he laid off 30,000 people and gave himself a bonus. Yeah. I hate people who do that so by yeah. by by default already predisposed to not trust any decision he makes um, right. a dollar honestly is not that much of an increase i uh i expected it to be higher i'm actually curious if we were to look at a specific location what that increase was like if i looked at my local i guess i could do it now and see what the difference is because um, i have that. an amc nearby an amc nearby i just this is also a personal vendetta those of you may have heard months ago when we watched the the, the Kingsman or the King's Man, I had an awful experience and I'm like, never going back again. Never again. Never again. You
3: should, uh, you should let Adam, uh, a run. He's, uh, he's, he's, it's I funny. His he's name there? is actually Aaron. No, no, no. There's only one a. So, no, I get it, but I think
2: it's still pronounced Aaron.
3: Nope. Aaron. Okay. Anyway, Aaron. Uh, so the other part of that is like, I get it from the perspective of, We're in an inflation economy, right? And that that part sucks. And you're right that it's, quote unquote, only a dollar more. But the context matters. And the the context that you added of them firing a bunch of people and giving himself a bonus really just seems like they're forcing that bonus paycheck onto consumers.
2: Yeah. So looking here, uh, I just popped up my local AMC for uh, an evening showing for the Batman I picked a seat because that's how we do things nowadays. Uh, it, it looks like it's the same the same price for the Batman as as Death on the Nile for me. Okay so n- no premium at my local AMC. So okay. I guess it's not everywhere everywhere. Something so that's mind.
3: actually kind of worrisome. I'm curious where those <laughs> places are then. maybe where like is.
2: high volume places like if you go to like downtown areas or like LA specific areas or, just city type areas, maybe that's maybe. where the prices they they could. Like, you live right outside Denver, I not at Den. Oh, I guess I could just search Denver. You know, let me check the local Denver AMC. Hang on.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. And so while you're doing that, I will say that this seems like a. I don't know specifically as it relates to AMC, but this seems like a bet that has paid off. So off the back of the Batman's A minus Cinema Score, uh, it garnered 134 million dollars domestically in its opening weekend. And that's probably gone up since, obviously since then, because I know that for sure, I saw it again in the middle of last week. So, you know, I I would love to see the breakdown of individual theaters. Um, I'm sorry, individual theater chains and see how well that worked out for them. But it seems like generally speaking, this is going to do well for them.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, I hate it. I mean, I don't understand what the, because they don't even make, their um their money that much off of tickets like why don't they just raise
3: popcorn prices or soda prices or something i will stab somebody don't you even fucking put that in the universe
2: i'm just saying just saying
3: no i can't no you really can though no speaking of corrective behavior um one of the things we talked about last time uh there was a discussion we had when we were doing our semi-live live show in person thing and there was a discussion about the character that peter SARS guard was playing Nick said and I agree with him that this is one of the scars guards. that is not actually true and so we were corrected um in our discord <laughs> channel so I just wanted to put that what are you laughing are You laughing no me? I was clearing my throat because <clears throat> I'm fucking sick um, so Zeb thank you for pointing that out sorry for the uh incorrect information and you know the lesson that I always learn is trust Nick but verify Nick
2: trust but verify
3: trust but verify That's- specifically with Nick
2: uh, there's a so currently no price hike at another closer to downtown Denver theater. Okay. I wonder so if it was maybe, maybe for, just for opening weekend, nothing. maybe yeah. much to do about nothing, maybe just for opening weekend, maybe Denver is just you know
3: lucky. And as I said at the top of the story, what <laughs> sucks is we don't have the specific language that we that was used. This is information again that's coming from a deadline article and information that is related to an earnings call. And it would be nice to have that information. So yeah, just like you said, is this specific to opening weekend? Is this specific to uh, specific areas and demographics and all this other stuff? We don't have that information. So that's the part yeah. that sucks.
2: Yeah, it's. I wish we had more information to go off because of, we don't have like specific numbers that from AMC. We don't really know how it fared compared to other places. All we know is that it 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 did, and it seems like it's done well.
3: Yeah. So let's let this nothing burger go and save our outrage for things that happen later on the show. Um, We got some information about a potential sequel as it releases movie and it's hard to see. So spoilers for the Batman. I'll give you three, two, one. So at the end of the Batman, we got to see uh, the Joker having a conversation with the Riddler. And there are people speculating as to whether or not he's going to be in the sequel. And one of the things that uh, Matt Reeves said is don't necessarily expect for that to be the case, right? Don't expect that he's going to be the main villain in the next film, which I think is kind of an interesting thing to say. Um, And I'm going to tie that to another story because one of the other stories that came out, again, if you saw um, the Batman one of the things that they did at the end, so we didn't get a traditional post credit scene. We did get uh, a riddle from the Riddler and it related to a website that was mentioned during the course of the movie Ratalada. And if you go to the website, there are a, a bunch of cryptic symbols and codes and things of that nature. And that was actually cracked by a Redditor by the name of Vengeance22. And what you get is a bunch of... Uh, what looks like urls or i'm sorry um yeah potential urls and but there are actually dates of comic books that have come out and one of them is related to arkham and two-face breaking out of arkham so people are speculating that that could be end up being the main villain of the second film Uh, so jammer how do you feel about the fact that we may not be getting a more expansive version of this version of the joker and the next film and how do you feel about 2 face potentially being the villain
2: so i don't mind not seeing the joker like many people he's had his time to shine i think we're okay using the other members of the rogues gallery of, of the batman so totally fine don't care um it, it does kind of make me think like why do they bother putting him in there but you know studio pressure whatever whatever we'll let it go um i i don't want to see two face again i think we had a pretty good version of him in the mm-hmm. dark night uh and i think we should explore other different villains at this point so but also asterisk two asterisks one okay. we saw that reeves know how knows how to juggle different like many different villains we had a few a handful of them in this movie and i think it did, handled them pretty well two i don't think they fucking know what they want to do next i think it was just somebody having fun I don't think yeah. anyone knows because that's how Warner Brothers works. They don't generally plan things out. They generally just kind of say, okay, well, what do you want to do next? Dance. What do you want to do next? What do you want to do next? And the, the, the filmmakers like, I want to do this next. I want to do that next. And I just don't think they have a plan. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. I just don't think they have a plan though.
0: Okay.
3: Um, so to that point about whether or not there is or isn't a plan, Uh, there were two additional scenes with the Joker that were cut. And in speaking with Collider, uh, Reeves said, there was a scene that I would have loved for audiences to see that I didn't put in. Not because anyone asked me to cut it, but because I didn't think that within the larger narrative it worked, that it was necessary. But it's a really cool scene with that same unseen prisoner in Arkham That was an earlier scene where Batman, because he's getting those cards and letters from the Riddler, is thinking, why is this guy writing to me? I'm supposed to be anonymous and he's putting a lens on me. I don't like that. So he goes to kind of talk to the Joker to help him profile, uh, this individual. So
2: I'm happy we didn't get that scene. That movie was already long. We didn't need it. In fact, could have cut out that Joker scene altogether. I agree. Would have made no difference would have made no difference.
3: I agree, um, and I, I honestly think that, so in other news that's not news, on the last show, I gave um, this film an A minus and I upgraded it to an A after I saw it again. And I think the reason for me why it's not an A plus is because of that scene. I didn't think that it was necessary, the scene that we're talking about at the very end. And I, and I think this is, this is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. the fact that they had deleted two scenes already with him um how long was the assembly line cut of this thing <laughs> like how I'm, long was i don't thing? know well and so i i i am of two minds about the length of this movie the dark night rises was two hours and 46 ish minutes something like that this yeah. movie was about 10 minutes longer dark Knight rises yeah. is shit like I don't care for it. I don't think it's a good movie. I thought that this movie was excellent. And so the sacrifice of 10 minutes to get a much, much better film, uh, I would take that. Especially, yeah. Especially when you consider some of the narratives and and B-plots that were going on in the the Dark Knight Rises, like Catwoman's Tabula Rasa, or whatever the fuck the name of the program is that would have erased her past. Like, I'm going to go on a tangent for a second. I've had a... I've had multiple people this week tell me that Catwoman's part could have been either shortened or cut out altogether, and at least for one of those people, I know that's based on missing a major plot point. Did they go to the bathroom? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, that cuffling scene that I missed was awesome, but anyway, <laughs> which scene was the, it again? The cufflink I missed the cufflink slash I got shot in the chest scene when I went to the bathroom. I was like, man, that was right. really good stuff. I can't believe I missed that, but yeah one of the people I was talking to completely missed the fact they were like, well, how come she didn't know that, um, Anika was killed? Like it was her phone. And it's like, well, cause her phone was stolen. They said that that was like one of the things that he was like, Oh, he's like, well, I missed that. And so did my wife. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what to tell you about that, but it that's was there. Plot of the movie. Yeah. It was, it was right there for you. Anyway, I say that to say, it's interesting to me that in a movie that was 10 minutes longer, no one is saying that Anne Hathaway's part could have been cut or shortened or anything like that. Her plotline makes no sense. The idea that she's going to let the city get raised so that she can erase her past, whereas I feel like in this movie, her, Selena Kyle's storyline, Zoe Krabs' storyline is integral to the plot of the movie. Um, I don't know. It's just frustrating. Rant over. Yeah,
2: it's like, well, I mean, not really over. It kind of doesn't...
3: Does it It dovetail into the other story? It
2: dovetails into the other story, right? Speaking of the Dark Knight, speaking of Catwoman, speaking of Zoe Kravitz, it was a real uh that.
3: Apparently, Zoe Kravitz read for a part in The Dark Knight Rises. It was not to play Catwoman. It was another part, and she clarified that on her Instagram and what she heard from. She doesn't believe that it was Christopher Nolan. She thought it was probably one of the casting directors, and they said that she was too too urban to read for the part. What um, role was
2: it, do you think? Like, I'm trying to think. It was just a like, woman.
3: A, like a friend. Okay. I, I have only seen The Dark Knight Rises twice. Um, like, you don't think it that, was Talia Al Ghul, right? No. I think she was too young for that. This is, keep in mind, this is like 10 years ago.
2: Oh. So What are the female uh, roles in that movie? There's like two.
3: I think it was a super small part. I think it was just a much smaller part, which makes it that much more frustrating like what impression do you think that having someone in a very small part gives and why is urban and you also know that urban is code for black so what is it about the dark knight rises where having any kind of color at all is just offensive to you and she wasn't that young she would have been 23 yeah that could be catwoman catwoman yes but not totally not totally all cool that's what you you don't think so yeah you're right you're right, right
2: they could have for um, especially if it's older. not
3: well so that's the thing this movie was devoid of any of the the lore and mysticism about the lazarus pits so if that was included then yes i think they could have gone that young because then the assumption would be like oh she's just been on that pit her whole life that's why she's so young yes that's what i call drugs going forward you're on that pit baby um so yeah it's just it's interesting kind of frustrating and kind of feeds into the broader narrative of another story that we'll talk about Um, but how do you feel about any of that? It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's
2: like, it's very real, you know, and and the way things are are often painted in Hollywood, it's never just like, oh, we don't like people of color. It's just, you know, the normal thing where it's just like, people don't want to see that. Um, I remember back when I was pitching things in LA cartoons specifically, we couldn't pitch anything with the female lead um, because no one would pick it up. Clearly things have changed. There's just things like that where it's like, oh yeah, they they won't pick it up because they won't, kids won't watch girls. And then girls don't watch cartoons in the same quantity as guys, which is complete and utter BS. Um, But it was just something that like you just couldn't, if you weren't somebody in the industry already established, you couldn't do that and expect to get picked up right and it was just like it's just that sort of thing it's just a mindset which is about marketability it's like oh it's just it's not anything against this person it's it's just that's how the market is and that's how it's always painted as hey we're just following the market hey right. we're just trying to ensure our investment you know and it's just another one of those things where it's like oh well you know she's too urban for our white cisgender male comic book reader who doesn't want a person of color to play a specific role. I don't know.
3: Who apparently thinks that despite being integral to this movie can either be introduced later or cut out altogether. So 10 years later, like, it doesn't seem like much out has your changed. Friend,
2: singling out your, your friend who said that?
3: He's a colleague. Let's go with colleague.
2: Colleague. Okay, so actually clarify what your colleague said.
3: So he was saying that he thought that her role could have been reduced or cut out altogether and it wouldn't have made a difference and that uh um, what did you say to that i filled in the plot hole that he fucking missed and what did he oh he was, and
2: that's when he was like, oh i didn't get that
3: and he's like oh, I, I missed that so did my wife i was like okay Sorry.
2: and did he miss the part where she was the daughter of what's his name of falcone
3: i've heard people say that that wasn't necessary
2: okay so you cut <laughs> that out but that's
3: part of the comic books like it's like i get what you're saying
2: you prune that you prune that you prune that and then you because it's basically saying oh yeah i could i could change 60 things without her (laughs) and it would work just fine
3: yeah i don't know so yeah i you know it is what it is (laughs) it is what it is
2: this is the world that we just have to accept as it is um i mean we don't want to it sucks
3: it's I don't have to accept it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what plot holes you missed. Yeah. <laughs> Explain it. Um, but anyway, not to belabor the point. But yeah, that was that sucked. Uh, both of those things suck.
2: Yeah. It's it needs Ready? to stop. Knock that shit off Hollywood. Get better. I and mean, then they are getting better slowly but surely, but emphasis on slowly. Slowly. With all deliberate speed. It's all deliberate um, speed.
3: I mean, I have
2: yeah. Hmm? Do we have any? We have more Batman news, unfortunately. Because be, unfortunately. That would, well, I'm saying that would be a good segue to another story, but I don't want to leave the Batman because the Batman is just like such a huge chunk and we are continuing the postmortem of it. So We are continuing the post I don't
3: want to I don't want to deviate it too much. Okay. Sorry, my bad. I, I messed up the segue. Um, there are a couple of things we've got a lot of shuffling as it relates to this movie. So Oh, previously Yes. Are we leaving the Batman? No. Shuffling. A lot of I... shuffling as it relates to this movie.
2: All right, go ahead.
3: Turn your headphones up, Delmo.
2: Okay. I heard what you said, but I, I, you say shuffling. So as, it to to as it relates to this movie. As it relates
3: to this movie. Okay. As it relates to this
2: movie. Sorry.
3: Um, so the shuffling that happened was, is, it's related to the spinoffs. Uh, previously, we had talked about the GCPD show that was going to be filmed on HBO Max, um, in having a conversation with a podcast, Matt Reese said that that wasn't going to be going forward. So he was on the happy, sad, confused pod. And he said, one thing that we're not doing that I was going to do. Uh, so there was a Gotham police show, which that one actually is put on hold. We're not really doing that. And what has come out of that is the idea that this is going to evolve into basically like a haunted house show with... Arkham being the centerpiece. So just where Gotham is a character in the Batman films, Arkham is going to be kind of a character in this. Um, In addition to that, we found out that HBO Max is going to pick up uh, Penguin Show. So that's going to be show run by Lauren LaFranc. And if you've ever watched Chuck or Hemlock Grove or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., her work is going to be familiar to you and apparently the show has been in the works since September of last year 2001 and what I find kind of interesting about this is 2021 lot, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry yes 2001 you you're right I did say that it's two, 2021 I am number dyslexic if that is a word or a thing <laughs> I am it and you know September
2: um, 20 2001 is is a very memorable month so understandable
3: I think Holy you think
2: shit, that was, I didn't even put that together. I, no, I think, think that was exactly like a and slip.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's exactly what happened. Um, so, whew, man, <laughs> one of the things that is interesting about this is that um, in the language that they use around the Penguin show, they keep calling it a spinoff. Uh, no one is saying prequel or sequel or anything like that, but th- what is... Um, instructive is the language that colin farrell uses when he talks about it he said i couldn't be more excited about continuing this exploration of oz as he rises through the darkest darkened ranks to become the penguin will be good to get him back on the streets of gotham for a little madness and little mayhem i interpret that to mean that him rising to become the penguin um is a prequel to this movie is that accurate
2: I don't know, because in my mind, I was thinking to myself, did anyone ever call him Penguin in the movie? Mm. Because if they did, then prequel, potentially. But if they didn't, because at the end of the day, he was still the right-hand man of Falcone, right? Right. And so he's still- proto-Penguin. He he could be proto-Penguin. He could be essentially clawing his way to the top from there, helping to fill that vacuum. We could be following him, trying to fill that power vacuum after Falcone's
3: death. You're right. And there are two other things that happen in the movie. He introduces himself as Oz. He does not call him... I do not remember him calling himself Penguin. And maybe this is related to the conversation he's having with Batman, where he says, do you know my reputation? He's like, yeah, do you? And maybe that's what this is.
2: Yeah, I mean, I could see it that way. Um, And I'd be on board for it that way over over a prequel. Just because... I think it'd be more interesting. No, I don't mind prequels. It's just like in my head, that is a more engaging story of of continuing off. I like seeing what happens after big events happen. It's like, it's never just sunshine and roses. It's always like something happens and now you deal with the ramifications and dealing with ramifications, I think is super cool. It gives opportunity for potential Batman uh, interferences at random points. Um, And I just kind of want to see more of this world in general Um, post this whole situation. Like just, it'd be more interesting to me than seeing everything more more proto than it already was in the Batman. Yeah, Um, And I'm actually a little bit disappointed that the No Gotham show is happening, No Gotham Police show. But I'm happy that Reeves was willing to sort of pull back once the studio tried to morph it into something that he didn't want it to be. Um, But the disappointment is there because I remember watching the Batman being like, oh my God, I want to see more of this world. <laughs> like this whole just weird gothic type feeling place that is gothic, but doesn't feel like Tim Burton gothic. It feels like grounded gothic and right, really interesting. And I'm just happy that we are getting something in that sense before another Batman movie. And I think a Penguin movie could be, or a Penguin show is a good way to explore that.
3: Right. Any Arkham show, Penguin and Arkham. Oh, it's two shows? I thought it was one. I think we're getting
2: two. Because I thought from what I understood is that uh the the reeves show the gotham pd show was transforming into an arkham show so they pulled the plug
1: no
3: so i think that is still happening so there is an arkham asylum show and then there's also a penguin show are you sure fairly certain yes
2: see here uh while you're
3: fact checking me one of the other things that i think is so one i was famously against um this happening until I saw the movie. And so Jammers right now that I've seen the movie. Yeah. I'm very interested in this. Um, one of the other tidbits that came out and this has been reported in Nerdist is that, that John Turturro did not recognize um, Colin Farrell as the penguin. We talked about this ad nauseum on the last show that he is basically unrecognizable in that. And what happened with the prosthetics, it seems like Colin Farrell did try to gain weight for the role, but he had to tell Matt Reeves that for health reasons, he had to lose some of that weight and so I think that that this is the evolution of those prosthetics because of that. Um, One of the more interesting things that came out of the Nerdist article that talks about this for me was the fact that John Turturro chose those glasses for himself like he went out and bought those glasses that he wore as the character of Falcone. I feel like that was uh, a pitch perfect accessory for that character and really fit him and so I, I almost thought that that was more interesting than the fact that uh, John Turturro did not recognize the penguin because I-, I think most or Colin Farrell as the penguin most of us didn't but I, I like the fact that Sue on his own John Turturro accessorized his character in a very appropriate way
2: yeah um and I what's want going on to over know. there
3: Reuters did uh, you uh did you fact check me appropriately I
2: did I did and you're correct so I misunderstood I'm sorry what was mis- that you're correct. You're <gasps> correct. So I thought, I thought what he said was it started to transform into something else. And then I was like, no. And then I pulled the plug. But instead yeah. it was it started to transform into something else. So we said, okay, forget that other idea. Let's explore this something else. Yeah. So, so never mind. I, I am disappointed that we're not going to get that. But hey, whatever. I'll explore an Arkham Asylum-centric version of this world.
1: Yeah.
3: The older I get, I am trying to just enjoy the ride. And so as someone that did not ask for a peacemaker show and then thoroughly enjoyed it, you know what? Just fucking give me the thing. I'll watch it. And if I like it, I like it. And if I don't, I don't, Uh, I'm trying not to be one of those people that complains about a thing that I've never seen or heard of, despite the fact that I did it, even within this own story. So,
2: yeah. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I didn't think I would be too excited. Like I hate the idea of spinoffs. It always feels so lazy, but just this world just seems so cool. I mean, yeah, I wasn't expecting to like it. Like, I haven't seen the movie twice. I mean, I was expecting to like it. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. Right. I've only seen it once. Haven't seen it twice yet. But there's just, I just kind of want to marinate in this world. Just kind of roll around in it and just get a feel for it. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of, I've never felt that in any Batman movie. Because for me, I, I go to the Dark Knight series. And I'm like, I like the story. I like some of the characters. And I like the things that happens. And I think it works on many levels, but it's never the world of Gotham that felt that interesting to me. Right. I, can't, I don't think it um, happened for any of the other ones as well. Even Gotham, the show, it was just kind of, it was interesting, but it was very much violent camp. Uh, and that's not a bad thing, but just the world itself just didn't feel like as just rich as this
3: one. Right. Yeah. Um. One of the other things I'll just throw in there before we move on, because we're running out of Batman news. We had a discussion last time about <laughs> whether or not uh, Mitchell's kid, uh, the son of the mayor, was going to be a Robin-type character. Get the fuck uh, out of here with that. What? I mean, I brought I, mean, up, I, I just th- thought it was funny. I just thought it was interesting. That was fun. Um, okay. But Matt Reeves shot it down, so he was a guest on Cinema Blend's official podcast, and he said, "Interesting, Um, no, but do you know what? It's a cool (laughs) idea. It wasn't the intention, but actually, why would I say that? Why would I? Because it's a cool idea, and if I did it, then basically now I'm going to give you both credit. (laughs) So Uh, that's what happened. I,
2: you know, I I hate people who read into things like that. All right, I don't hate people who do that." I hate when people do that.
3: That's okay. Um, Go ahead. Let, let but I also, but out. I also,
2: but I also don't really hate it because sometimes it's kind of cool. I just, it, I always found it really interesting just how people take the little, little, bit, little smallest tidbits of information and then I create what you're saying whole, whole feelings around it. You know, Boba Fett I, is like the prime example of that. Just, oh, we didn't get much of him, but man, he's so cool. Or if you look at, if you look at even freaking Encanto, and literally, if you look at online, all of the freaking That all the characters that people are attaching themselves to based on the roughly minute and a half of, you know, actual screen time most of those characters get. It's just people just like to cling on to ideas and just let their imaginations run wild. It's annoying as somebody who likes to tell stories and people get upset when things don't happen. But it's really (laughs) kind of cool in a way and how the imagination works and how much people attach themselves to story.
0: Yeah,
3: I hear what you're saying. I would say this. The Last Jedi and any of the examples that you gave is slightly, those are slightly different than this. Orphans in the Batman universe usually tend to be Robins, right? And I think that that's really the thing. It's not a theory that is made up out of whole cloth. I think that The Last Jedi, the the broom kid, you're right, like why? Here there is some, (laughs) there is historical evidence that, you know, Dick Grayson, orphan. Jason Todd, one of his one, uh, both of his parents got killed. Uh, Tim Drake, his father got killed. Um, no, his mother, mother got killed. And so I think that there is just a a consistent history of tragedy striking folks that become robins that endear them to the character of Batman. Plus, you have the idea that at the end of the film. Spoiler. One, two, three. He is spoiled. the one that, sorry to spoil. I mean, go ahead. He is the one that reaches out for the Batman first. Mm-hmm. And so I think all of those things would could lead a reasonable person, not those unreasonable fuckers you're talking about, but a reasonable person could see it. I could see it either way. Well, you can call me unreasonable because I
2: don't <laughs> You're just unreasonable because you hate people. <laughs> yeah, No, I don't. People are amazing. I love
3: people. As long as they have the same opinions and ideas as me, ah, I'm gonna ask you one question. I'm gonna ask you this before we move on. Uh, One of the things we didn't really give a lot of discussion to when we were reviewing the Batman. What did you think about his relationship with Alfred?
2: You know, there wasn't a lot there to be honest. Um, Interesting. It was. I mean, he didn't get a lot of screen time. I mean, I I kind of. It was different. He was kind of. You're not my father. Yeah. You're not my father type of That's relationship. That's different. It is. Yeah. It was different in that sense because usually he's pretty amenable to him. But this one is just like, fuck you, fucking Alfred, existing when my parents are
3: dead. How oh, dare you? You're a liar. You lied to me, Alfred.
2: Yeah. That was pretty. The way he said it, where Alfred is like wakes up and is like, oh, it's Bruce. And he's like, you lied to me. It's like, oh, shit.
3: This is not what I'm I'm I want to go back to. Wake sleep. Up to. Yeah. I'm I'm going back, back to sleep. sleep. <laughs> it's gonna roll just flutter his eyes like oh no no I'm not actually awake. <laughs> okay interesting I got into this like heated discussion with a friend of mine because I thought that while that second interaction I I I could understand it less that first interaction I thought was appropriate because of everything that we had seen up until that point this is the person that wasn't sleeping wasn't showering probably not eating and he has just been cast back in his mind to his parents' death after a fight as well. And so the conversation he's having with Alfred as he's got this kid on the screen, after just hearing another news story about his father dying, I felt like all of those things could reasonably bring that out of a person where he says, you're not my father. Um, I thought that that was a, a, I could understand why you might not like him because of that but I felt like the reaction was justified not justified no, I, I, I thought that you that. could understand why
2: yeah you can understand even why someone like would feel that way even if you don't agree with it I could I definitely right. agree with that like I, yeah. I I I just felt bad for Alfred
3: in that moment yeah absolutely at like I think that and that's a fair reaction to like I don't just because I can see how he got from point A to point B in terms of his emotional arc and, and, and anger in that scene doesn't mean that I think that it was right for him to, you know say that to Alfred and absolutely feel bad for Alfred afterwards. So Poor Freddie. Poor Freddie, what? Freddie? Because Alfred, Fred,
2: oh my God. I mean that was didn't take a lot to get there,
3: Whatever. Um, I was like, Andy Circus, Freddie. What? I want to see Andy Circus do Clayface. Oh, it's too late. He's already Alfred. What? You're saying that he can't do play multiple roles in the same film?
2: Yes. Okay. Interesting. Wait, you, you think, I, why is it interesting? I feel like it's not a controversial opinion that you don't he can't play the same character in a movie or two characters. He can't in a play movie.
3: two. I mean, how many scenes did Riddler and Alfred have together?
2: That's not the point. The point is, is it's the same actor in the same movie, same actor Man. twice in the same movie. It's weird. Is it?
1: I He's mean, done I guess it
3: before in the same movie. Yeah. What has he done it in? I'm pretty sure in the Planet of the Apes movies, he has played a real character as well as uh, one of the. That sounds made up. That's crazy. But I,
2: I mean, in your defense, you know, you did have Gimli or John Reese Davies playing Gimli and Treebeard
3: it's a thing
2: there's there's i mean it happens i just it wouldn't be my go-to
3: is to have him play you know two roles fine whatever you're weird anyway all right wait did he do the mocap for uh kong yes wait he was 100 a real person in that yes he was you're right
2: yeah but it's different because kong didn't have any lines (laughs) kong's a monster but uh, it's, it's not different. like a talking character it's different fine whatever fine whatever oh you want okay he could play he could play a fucking dragon that doesn't talk that's fine he could play a dog that runs along batman that's fine too but don't give I'm him another speaking role i'm not engaging
3: in this this is weird okay. I'm done with this done with you yeah. done with this we, have we discussed all the bat i feel like we've we've exhausted the batman um is that, is that accurate I,
2: I'm trying to think if there's anything, any of the other stories that, I mean, it made $128.5 million at the box office. We talked about Second, that. Second, did we talk about the whole thing?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, talked like, about it when I said the cinema the box score. Office? So okay. when I said the cinema score, I said that it had an A minus cinema score and that's coming off of the domestic box office because I tied it into the AMC price surge story. So $134 million opening weekend. And I tied that to the fact that AMC was price gouging people for one dollar.
2: Well, how do you feel about the over so we didn't touch on you mentioned it but we didn't actually touch on overall
3: impressions about the about how much about money the box
2: office yeah so
3: it is the second what the second highest pandemic opening we've had and i think that's behind spider-man spider-man um i we're obviously getting a sequel i'm happy that it did well i think people it are comparing it. it yeah they're discussing it you know like with batman begins and all this other stuff um Batman begins, to the best of my recollection, opens soft, um, and this is not going to do the Dark Knight numbers because I think that movie made like hundreds upon hundreds of million dollars. Yeah, Dark Knight was like one point
2: two billion. Oh, opening weekend. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah, it was insane. Um, no,
2: it, it wasn't hundreds and hundreds. It made um, on its opening weekend one fifty
3: eight. That's it. I thought it was more yeah. than that. No, yeah. interesting. Um, so I. I'm glad that it did well. I do think that it's deserved. I'm almost surprised based on how long the film is that it was able to do those numbers. Um, but in terms of like broader analysis, I don't, there isn't a lot. I do think it's interesting that people are just ready to see this movie. Um, yeah. Given the multiple delays.
2: I mean, it, it and I think it's going to do better as the weeks go on. Not better than the first weekend, but it'll do pretty good. It'll, it'll have like a have slow good decline. word of mouth. Yeah,
3: because I haven't heard
2: anyone really talk negatively about it other than people go like, oh, too long and boring, which, you know, I haven't really seen good defense
3: for. Again, 10 minutes longer than a worse Batman movie. So yep. it'll be all right. You'll, you'll live.
2: And it doesn't uh, feel long. Like, it felt like it felt long, but not. The, so when we got to the end of the second act, I was just like, OK, it's ending. I was like, wait, no, it's not. It feels like it should be ending. It felt long in that sense, but it didn't feel long as if, like, I'm checking my watch. I didn't check my watch once in that movie
3: yeah if you see it again i'm curious what moment you'll want to fast forward through for me it was the scene after um when they figure out who the riddler is i wanted to jump all the way until the final act not the final act but like the final battle when they find out who the
2: riddler is what what is what's in between that like when they capture him at the diner and stuff like all that
3: so there's the diner scene that's in the trailer and then there's going back to his apartment and then there's finding his confession and then all of, mm. like, it's not that much stuff, but I was like, I, I know what's going to happen. I don't care about this. I just want to jump to the, the next stuff. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested
2: too to see what my feelings would be on that. That just reminds be me of, of Spider Man Far From Home where that's me rewatching that entire movie where every few minutes I just like, okay, get to the next thing. Get to the next thing. Get to the next <laughs> thing. Get to the next thing. And I'm at the end. I'm like, well, that wasn't satisfying. It's like I didn't enjoy each individual moment as it happened.
3: Okay. Unfortunate.
2: So I think we're done with Batman. I think we're done. I think done. you're
3: right. I think you're right. We, we've got let's, another.
2: Yes. Let's not go too far from the Batman though. Cause we got some. Shuffling. Some more
3: Hollywood shuffling. So Warner brothers is doing some more shuffling. So we're gonna move next door to the uh, other Warner Brothers properties. We've got Aquaman 2, The Flash being delayed until 2023 and Shazam 2 moving to Christmas of 2022. Uh, Of the films that they have on their slate, Black Adam is going to also be pushed back um, to October 21 of 2022. Um, So here are the dates. Jason Momoa's Aquaman 2 is going to be pushed back from December 16th to 2020, I'm sorry, 2022 to March 17th of 2023, so about three months, um, three months and one day. Um, the flash is going to be moved from 4 November 2022 to June 3rd, 23rd, 23rd. of 2023, man, bad with these numbers. Um, And then Black Adam, as I said, it's going to be moved back three months to October 21st of 2022. Um, I think of all of that stuff, the only one that makes me sad is pushing back The Flash, not because I want to see Ezra Miller, because I want to see uh, Michael Keaton's Batman again. Uh, But there's one good news, though,
2: before we go too far. Oh, I'm sorry that Shazam. Shazam is
3: getting moved up. So that's going to be moved up from uh june 2nd of 2023 to december 12th of 2022 so you get that whole six months earlier yay
2: you don't sound I'm excited happy about that
3: excited about i, I am
2: excited about that i give a shit. I like all right all right but so uh you know it is
3: interesting what i'm oh, really i'm sh- sorry let me add one more thing um variety is reporting that the rationale for these shuffles and this move is because of covid-induced production delays uh, with visual effects i don't understand that i don't know i'm holding my hands up like jammer has a gun to me i don't fucking know this is well here's my
2: question why why did we get that ad at the beginning of batman where it talks about all like four movies appearing in 2022 we had the batman it's kind of weird the Flash, we had Aquaman, and then we had Black Adam, all coming out in
3: 2022. And they were so excited to go, like, do 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 do, like show you these are the movies. They just threw their dick on the table, and they're like, oh, then I'm again, sorry. Aquaman is,
2: or excuse me, Black adams is still coming out this year. Black Adam is still coming out this October, so it's just not July. Um, and then we have Shazam coming out in 2022. So we we got three movies this year from DC. The only ones that got really got pushed back are Aquaman and The Flash. So, yeah. <laughs> Not the worst thing in the world, I guess.
3: You maybe, stole that COVID I, fucking coffin and shit.
2: Maybe they decided to spread out because they're like, why do we have so many fucking movies coming out in 2022? Why don't
3: we just spread the love a little bit? You know what I heard? The Batman did so well that they had to push other, other movies back to make sure that they didn't make too much money. in a particular quarter. Who'd you hear that from? <laughs> Nothing. That's what they people were saying about Morbius and that's why they pushed it back because Spider-Man made so much money. It was a joke. Oh. Okay. It was
2: joke. It failed. The joke yes, failed. I know. I guess we shouldn't uh, do Russian
3: accents anymore, can we?
2: No, we can't do Russian accents. It's it's, a, it's no longer a thing. People are going to feel really threatened. <laughs> people are going to be like, oh, no!
3: A black Russian. Jesus. Shoot him, on, shoot him now. Kill him with oh, fire. Oh,
2: <laughs> I think people forget that, how, how much of Russia covers... Asia so that no. like, there's there's like Asian Russians and then there's the European Russians you and know it's
3: really like, weird you know it's really weird Tanya was having this exact same conversation was she yes yes she she, say? yes Which she was just having that, that conversation about the diversity of folks in Russia it's very strange yeah. that you're also bringing it up
2: I just remember I used to do some work for a dubbing studio and we got a couple of Russian thrillers or Eastern European thrillers or Russian. I'm not sure which one they were.
3: How often but they do you had get to drop the bass? I don't know what that means. You said you worked for Dub, like Dubstep, that's not, okay. No.
2: Got, okay. God damn it. Okay, thanks for interrupting my story for that. And I just remember being uh surprised, because in my head, I when I think of Russian, I think of European Russian, and these people who were in the movie definitely weren't European Russians. I was like, oh yeah, it covers an entire fucking Asian continent. Like, they're going to have, you know, a, a different you know, diverse types, groups of people there. And it's just interesting to me. I just, you don't think about that. But a lot of people don't think about that.
3: I think about it. I always get excited when I see people darker than a paper bag. Makes me not feel <laughs> alone in the world. It, anyway, move on. It's a true story. I just, I, it was a, oh, I thought
2: you are just kidding. You're serious. No,
3: I'm being dead serious. Oh. I like seeing okay. swarthy people.
2: I like seeing people of color. Swarthy? Apparently. What does that yeah. word mean? I've never heard that darker, word before. Darker, complected. Swarthy. Definition. Have never heard that?
3: Are you are you fact checking me? You know what I want to I've see. Never, i to see I've never heard it. I want to see swarthy in your next book. I've never.
2: <laughs> it feels like a that feels like a offensive word. What? No. It feels offensive. I'm offended. if it is
3: offensive, it's okay for me to say it because I am black.
2: Yeah, that's true. Swarthy, swarthy. The definition. So the definition that or the, the example in the sentence feels offensive. She looked frail standing next to her strong and swarthy brother. It feels just so weird. That is weird. That's a weird sentence. She looks so, she looked frail standing next up? to her. I but, just Googled it.
3: But the word definition. actually means dark skin.
2: No, it does. I'm just saying that I think the sentence and
3: context just feels weird. Oh my god. Are we done reading, Rainbow? Can we move we're on? Done we're done
2: reading. We're done.
3: Do you want to transition t- to the... Uh, oh, actually, did you have any other thoughts about the delays? No. Okay. So speaking of racism we have a the first reviews of Turning Red are coming out. Most of them, pretty positive. I have seen nines, I have seen eights. I don't think I've seen a 10. Most people are pretty happy and satisfied with what they've seen, but not this one dude. This one dude <laughs> is, uh, he's particularly please. Sean O'Connell. And it's funny because this is very much like the review, a review, so it's funny. We joked about the review that we got in the batman talking about there are no good white people in the batman and that all of the all of the good characters are all black which is fascinating because there are only two of them now cinema blend cinema blend we have a review um sean o'connell he said some pixar films are made for a universal audience Turning red is not. The target audience is one that feels very specific and very narrow. If you're in it, this might work well for you. I'm not in it. This was exhausting. And just off the top, how the fuck is an anthropomorphic toy relatable? What is it about Buzz Lightyear and a talking cowboy toy that is so much more relatable than Asian girls that live in Toronto. Is that um, is that a
2: rhetorical question or is that a real question? Do you expect man, I'm just
3: throwing that shit out in the universe, uh, and I'm just I'm gonna kick it over to you. To you, go ahead. You, what do you think? Uh,
2: so, I'm gonna go deeper into something he actually said in his review. He says, by rooting, turning red, very specifically in the Asian community of Toronto. The, film's le- the film legitimately feels like it was made for Domi Shi's friends and immediate family members, which is fine, but also a tad limiting in its scope. That is you know, a very telling quote there. That's weird. It, that's like saying, that's like people going like, hey, you know, Clerks, very limiting in its scope. It's about a bunch of, about a bunch of white people living in Jersey and we're going, working at a convenience store. Or Seinfeld. Not many people relate. Yeah.
3: So yeah, uh, it's pretty frustrating. Or, um,
2: you know, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, Kim's Convenience, the uh, Canadian show about a Korean owned uh, convenience store in so Toronto. I actually think it's Toronto. It's, let, it's me, let me ask
3: you this. So I don't know if you know this, O'Connell has since apologized. You wear that? Uh huh. So on Twitter, he issued an apology and he said, I'm genuinely sorry for my turning red review. Thank you to everyone that reached out with criticism, no matter how harsh it is clear that I didn't engage nearly enough with the movie, nor did I explain my point of view. Well, at all, I really appreciate your feedback. So Jammer, let me ask you, would more explaining of his position help you understand why and what, what position he was coming from?
2: It could have in a couple of ways. Let's hear I can understand not having any interest in watching preteen girls in a movie. I can understand looking at it and be like, I just don't, I don't care about girls that age and their problems. Um, and I could also understand their personalities being overbearing and annoying to some people. I haven't seen the movie yet, but just based on the trailer. Maybe talking about how those aspects didn't work for him and why could have done it. But also the acknowledgement that, hey, I am not a preteen girl. I'm not the target audience. I'm not the target audience in that sense, I guess could work but the fact that he specifically pointed out following an Asian American thing in Toronto, Canada is very limiting. It's just like, it was very clear to him. It was the not, the not being white aspect that he didn't relate to or not or being male. based in America or male. I mean, cause you're allowed to not engage with things. You know, there are certain where I'm like, Hey, that's, it has kids starring in it. I don't have any interest in that. I get it on some level. So in that sense, I could see that helping, but based on his criticisms, it doesn't seem like that was the problem. I mean, do you, do you at all agree with what I'm saying at all? Or am I just digging a hole with that?
3: No, I hear what you're saying that there could have been more analysis as to why, but The problem is, I think that what you're describing is just a smart person's way of hiding their racism. Mm. Right? Like, it sounds very Scalia to me, where you are using more words to say, like, this wasn't for me. I'm a straight white dude, and I don't care about Asian girls in Toronto. Is that reductive? Maybe, but it's hard to hear him say the quiet part loud and then hear him try and pull it back. Um because that's I feel like I just got a window into that. And I don't think an apology I really. agree.
2: Hmm. I agree. I agree. Like it and because I think what the really telling part is his undercurrent, not even undercurrent, his overcurrent is because this did not resonate with me, this is a niche audience. Rather right. than this isn't just this just isn't for me. This is not my cup of tea. You know, there's a difference between me saying, or him saying, you know, I had a hard time, you know, uh, engaging with the characters. They were a little, they were a little loud, a little annoying. I didn't like the humor. I didn't like this and that. And maybe it just wasn't for me. Maybe I'm not the target audience versus him saying, Hey, it wasn't for me. You know what? And the target audience is probably really specific. It's just like, because it's not for me, it's not, it's not good. It's not wide audience capable. It's
3: very limiting. Like, yeah. Imagine someone saying that about Coco or Encanto or some other film that has a very um, specific cultural meaning. And it's just like, I feel like the reaction that people had would be the same. And I think that it would be justified. And I can't imagine the context that somebody would give to that review that would make it okay, especially given it again. Some of the things that Pixar, it's almost like someone could say the same thing about Inside Out never heard that complaint right that was yeah. where Where did that take place was that canada no it was san francisco so san francisco i'm not from california uh, i'm not a little girl i don't like any <laughs> of that true. stuff like like yeah. and i feel like trying to imagine someone saying the same bullshit about that movie um like i have complaints about that movie and it has nothing to do with who the cast is like i just don't like sadness here it tastes the shit out of me um but i mean and, like you're
2: you're allowed i guess here's the thing at the, the the line i'm trying to make sure we're we're delineating like you—you're allowed to not like something.
1: Yes. That is
2: something that is allowed, but it's just a matter of: Do you really not like it, or is it something else?
3: There is a difference between saying you're not engaging the film on its merits because you are not the target audience. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's I think what is the frustrating thing, and it is it is loud as day.
2: Um, why? But I mean, you me looking at to like. Engage like me looking at avatar the last airbender who everyone fucking loves i don't get it it feels young really young to me the jokes don't land and i just can't get past the juvenile humor and enjoy the move the story why yeah. is that like that's that's fine right yeah i feel like i feel like i'm defending this guy i'm not trying to defend him but i'm just trying to find you're trying line. to draw
3: you're trying to figure out what is the line between not being able to engage with something because you are not you are not young or yeah, you're not the target audience. He is saying, because he is espousing that it is so hyper specific that he doesn't, he couldn't get into it. And I, I do know I think the language he uses is telling because it's hard to figure out what is more engaging about toy story. What is more engaging about these other things? Like there are other Pixar movies and this is a complaint that I've, never heard yeah they're uh i mean they're white coated that's it
2: yes they're based heavily on that i mean to be honest even and look it, i haven't seen turning red yet though i'm really excited to see it it's I'm, i'm gonna watch that tonight i'm thrilled um i love coco i love encanto but at their heart they still feel very american and the types of stories they, they are. And how the, the message of the overall story is. Especially Coco. Because Coco yeah. is so personally achieving your dream. Uh, I, and so balancing the family stuff. Whereas I feel like if you were to lean more into some Latino stuff, it would be, it, 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 the, the message would be different. Um, but it's very America-centric. So is it that aspect? Is there something that is inherently, I guess, more, uh, I guess, Eastern in nature and how the story is told with turning red that makes it even more foreign, quote unquote, to can't wait someone to find out. like him? I know. I can't wait to find out. I'm excited. But
3: I just, it's hard for me to imagine someone taking anyone seriously, looking at like a Bug's Life or Finding Nemo or Cars or any of the or Wally, Right. Wow. Who would, who could be taken seriously as a movie critic for saying like, I'm not a fish, so I couldn't fucking relate to this movie. Um, but if you're a fish, you know what, this might work for you. Yeah, It's weird. She's still a human child. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to get too ranty with it, but I feel like if you look at other Pixar movies that aren't even human based, um, that it is, it's, it's a strange complaint. And I think, yeah, The argument that I would make is that in his mind, even if they're a fish, the default in his mind is a white male. And so he doesn't have any problem in like having that sheen over it. But when it is in his face, that it is a young Asian girl from another country, that it's harder for his brain to do that work.
2: Yeah, that seems to be it, you know, for sure.
3: Um, And I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say in Cars, McQueen is Owen Wilson through and through. So it doesn't take much work for his imagination to be able to relate to that character for that Mm -hmm. reason. And I could give other examples in Pixar for the same where that is true. Yeah.
2: I I like the, uh, I have nothing against cinema blend usually, but just like we failed to, this is the, from editor in chief apologizing as well. We failed to properly edit this review. And it never should have gone up. We have unpublished it and assigned to someone else. We have also added new levels of editorial oversight. Thank you to everyone who spoke up. Um, so
0: it's just oh, weird to me that
2: o- O'Connell's like, isn't he like the managing director? It's like yes. he's not
3: like. And you know, so, to make this less ranty, we have had conversations in the past, and Brie Larson has brought this up in the past about the need mm. to diversify the oh no you said community. the bl word i did say the bl word um and i think that that is i i need to pull up that story because she got a lot of shit for that because a lot of people were saying that you know you just don't want men to be involved in things of that nature and it, it is here is an example of why this individual is apparently incapable of reviewing a movie that it's not about straight white men at least that's what it sounds like And so based on that, it does sound like there needs to be more diversity in the review community to counterbalance folks like him.
2: Uh, Going to that Brie Larson quote that you wanted, um, it was at Critics' Choice Awards? No, wait. Yeah. Was it there? Okay. Anyways, her quote was, I don't want to hear what a white man has to say about a wrinkle in time. I want to hear about what a woman of color or a biracial woman has to say about the film. I want to hear what the teenagers think about the film if you make a movie that is a love letter to women of color, there is a chance that a woman of color does not have access to review and critique your film. She said while revealing plans to roll out an opt-in program that will provide studios with access to underrepresented journalists and critics. And then she goes on to say, do not say the talent is not there because it is. Yeah. She was right as fuck. Yep. So there's that. (sighs) What else you got? Well, I'm trying to think here. So this, this kind of dovetails um, directly into some other sort of representation issues, specifically within Disney. Mm -hmm. Um, And this has to do with more political stuff regarding the don't say gay bill in Florida, Mm -hmm. which and I'm not going to pretend. I know specifically everything about it, but I believe it has to do with what teachers are allowed to say in school and whether or not they're allowed to acknowledge the existence of gay people or something along those lines, I'm probably uh reducting, reducing, it's probably a reductive version reductive, of yeah. what, what, what the bill is, but I know that's what a lot of people are, are saying. And um, there's been a lot of people, uh, LGBTQ plus folks at, at Pixar kind of speaking out about it, specifically having to do with, you know, like Disney world and whatnot, and saying like, how harmful this is going to be to kids, but there are also other situations where they're they're kind of shedding a light on Disney. They they wrote an open letter. Um, that was this is from Cartoon Brew. It was first reported online uh, in the newsletter Popular Information. A statement to leadership from the LGBTQIA plus employees of Pixar and their allies. We are writing. Uh, because we are disappointed and hurt, afraid, and angry in regards to Disney's financial involvement with legislators behind the Don't Say Gay bill. We hoped that our company would show up for us, but it didn't. Uh, Monday's email, our unwavering commitment to LGBTQ plus community rang hollow. It began with the claim that Disney has a long history of supporting LGBT community, but Disney parks did not officially host Pride until 2019. In Paris alone, Disney has a history of shutting down, blah, 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 going on, moving on, moving on. The second claim... Um, I'm trying to get to the point here. Here we go. Finally, we come to push for content as the answer. We at Pixar have personally witnessed beautiful stories full of diverse characters come back from Disney corporate reviews, shaved down to crumbs of what they once were. Nearly every moment of overtly gay affection is cut at Disney's behest, behest, regardless of when there is protest from both the creative teams and executive leadership at Pixar. Even if creating LGBTQIA plus content was the answer to fixing the discriminatory legislation in the world, we are being barred from creating it. Beyond the quote-unquote inspiring content that we aren't even allowed to create, we require action. Um, what are your thoughts about, I guess, I, I don't necessarily want to shed light too much on the entire situation. Well, fuck it. We'll shed light sure. on the entire situation.
3: So, let's Let's start with the language of the bill. Um, I didn't know we were getting into this today, but the language of the bill, the relevant language is classroom instruction by school personnel or third um, parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with the state standards. So that's the language that people are talking about when they say that don't say gay bill. Um, as it relates to what you were just saying, Disney has a problem and one of the biggest problems it does seem to be in terms of, uh, gay representation. And you will know that just by thinking about all of the times they have had a quote unquote first openly gay character. Um, you will see like they talked about it in star Wars and it's just somebody in the background. Kids, like the smallest corner of the screen or something in the background of uh Toy Story 4 or In Eternals like it it it's getting slightly better each time um who is the character in uh Beauty and the Beast there was another one um uh LeFou was mm. another one and it's just, and it was just like him dancing with a dude and they, but they just make such a big deal out of it at the time and it's like you know Show, don't tell. And I think part of it, <laughs> that is not meant to be a joke. Or a <laughs> um, I, I just think it's interesting that they always want, they want the credit without actually doing the work. Yeah.
2: And they also and don't want to be associated it. with it when it's not beneficial to them. Correct. Like so those are my Florida, thoughts. On like having to, I guess, bite the hand that feeds them in Florida which they're going to have to do if they actually want to make a statement and they're not going to want to.
3: It's very easy for them to pull out of Georgia because Georgia does bad things as it relates to race or abortion or women's health. Not so easy when it's your home state. And at some point, like you said, push is going to come to shove and they're going to have to decide where they are. Is that And I think they already have. I think
2: they already have. I I don't think Bob Chapek is going to,
3: budge on this he's proven i don't like him either (laughs) i'll just say (laughs) making a face like all right we'll see i I don't think it has gotten as bad as it is going to get and because of that it'll be interesting to see you know what actually happens because it hasn't affected their money yet i think that that's when when i say push comes to show when it gets to a point when it when it can affect disney dollars that'll be interesting to see yep for sure. So
2: any last things you want to talk about with regards to either uh, turning red or Pixar in general, Pixar slash Disney? No. Are you going to watch turning? I've watched turning red yet. Are you going to watch it? Tonight? I haven't
3: watched. I've been in school all day. I am a hundred percent going to watch that. Uh, if not today, then definitely tomorrow. I'm very like, I am so excited to see it. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of sad that it is not getting a wide theatrical release because Obviously, there's an audience for movies in the theater. Um, if O'Connell is any indication, then maybe there's an, you know, a wider audience. Maybe she's oh, too hyper specific. Gotcha. Um, I thought you were
2: saying if O'Connell's an indication, maybe he isn't. Maybe there no, is.
3: Yeah, no. Yeah, that's that's it. Like maybe, maybe there isn't. And maybe he's so, right. Maybe he's right, but we'll never know and so while it's disappointing that this is not going to get the debut that it deserves it is nice that i will be able to immediately watch this with my children so that i'm very excited about
2: i'm trying to i'm looking on cinema blend i'm waiting for their new review of turning red to come <laughs> off like that's. i almost feel bad in this situation it's like oh i don't feel bad but like i almost do where it's like oh they're uh they're gonna have to give a glowing review right they can't not do that at this point i don't know i mean what's what's the solution the solution is not to assign it and not to review it at all right that's the solution
3: i think they've had their one shot and it, anything else that goes up is going to seem disingenuous yes
2: yeah there's no
3: they're no they no take backs yeah on that it's weird it's
2: a weird it is, situation.
3: it is it is a new world it's a brave new world it's an interesting situation um let me ask you this before we do move on. Do you consider this some form of censorship? No. Why?
2: Because it's not, the government isn't doing anything about this.
3: Well, that's free speech, right? Oh,
2: censorship. But I mean, think, they're not cens- I don't consider it censorship when a company decides what to do. I mean, I guess it is censorship, but I don't consider it like, <laughs> I'm trying to think here. By definition, I guess it's censorship. But I guess I don't consider it super problematic, but then again, if I were to go the other way, if there's somebody who wanted to say something positive or, or whatever about a foreign movie and they weren't allowed to say that because of reasons, that's a good question. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's It's a, a form. It, it is because corporations it is. are by definition. Are, it is a yeah. form of censorship. Yeah.
3: That's exactly what I was going to say because corporations are Not monolithic. I mean, they're supposed to be. This is a form of self censorship. I
2: mean, not even self censorship. Like I know he probably wasn't voluntary. (laughs) Ah, this is not not an easy, easy topic.
3: Do you want me? Do you want me to give you something more easy, something easier? Yes. Okay. How about that Obi Wan Kenobi trailer?
2: Oh, I forgot about that. What? I forgot. I I mean, I we. We've been talking so long, I completely forgot that we were talking about this Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer.
3: So earlier this week, we got an Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer for the series that will be dropping exclusively on Disney Plus on 25 May. It had a whole host of Easter eggs, uh, but it started with the Phantom Menace music that everyone knows so well. And of course, we know at this point that John Williams is coming back to score this series. it's too bad Nick isn't here because I want his reaction. I, w- I want to hear what He's he He's like, says I hate more of this. the
2: same. Also, I love more of the same. Also, I'm never watching Star Wars again
3: until tomorrow. <laughs> it's a pretty good impression. Uh, so in this trailer, we got Inquisitors. We got Tatooine. We got New Planets. We got Obi-Wan. We got Darth Vader's uh, breathing. We got a whole host of stuff. Jammer, what, if anything, excited you about this show that's coming at us from Deborah Chow? I have
2: really weird, well, two things. Actually, one of them was weird one of them was kind of like normal. I love the fact that Joel Edgerton is Uncle Owen. I love the fact that he was cast originally back in uh, Revenge of the Sith, and since became a really good actor slash director, and is now like actually somebody who's like an actual name. And I kind of want to see like what he's like. Like I'm really intrigued mm-hmm. what kind of a character he is. Um, it's a really good actor, and I just it's cool. Uh, also. I forgot the name. What was the name of the TV show from back when George Lucas was trying to create it? Was
3: it Underworld or Thirteen Thirteen? Oh, so Thirteen Thirteen is the game that was okay. Going so to Underworld, be the Boba Fett so game. it was
2: Underworld. Um, and in Underworld, I'm not sure if you've ever seen any of the clips. You know, you had some coruscant ish looking cities, mm-hmm. and it had this sort of limited scope and outrun. Whole,
3: oh,
2: out, sorry, like, full full CG sort of landscape, but I definitely. Uh, when you saw some of the similar neon lated city like cityscapes in this one it kind of reminded me of that old that old show and what we've seen on that and ironically because even if you've seen that clip the show isn't that good but or the, the test <laughs> clip this kind of reminds me of that and ironically it gets me more excited but it also gets me excited because it shows more sort of a wider scope mm-hmm. and a wider idea of what the narration is And I'm also intrigued a bit by the story because it seems like this is sort of an uh, an extrapolation of Order 66 where it's like, okay, we we got the initial low-hanging Jedi and then we need to go essentially flush them out by doing horrible things around areas we think they are because as they mentioned, it's like Jedi can't help being Jedi. They can't help doing good. So if we do this, they will come and we will be able to strike them down then. And it's an interesting premise And I'm just wondering what sort of narrative drive we're going to have there.
3: Yeah, okay. Um, I'm curious how... Inquisitors are terrible people. And if you've ever seen Rebels and things of that nature, it'll be interesting to see how off the chain they let them get in live action. So the Grand Inquisitor, who is being played by Rupert Friend, who if you ever saw Homeland on Showtime, that's him. He's gonna be playing this character that we got to see in Star Wars Rebels. And so it's fun getting to see this universe where there's, they're, they're basically doing the thing where all of these cartoon versions of these characters are coming into real life. So it's gonna be fun to see what he does with this character. Also, it, I'm, I'm really curious, are they going to bring Ahsoka into this? We know that this is a TV show that's coming. And I, it seems like Disney is doing a good job of tying together their live action properties uh, on the small screen. And so I'm curious, are we going to get to see uh, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka interact in live That's action? So that I would, would be, be super excited for that.
2: That would be decades earlier, correct?
3: Yes. But we know that you never watched the Clone Wars, right? Or so I've never watched
2: more than like eight episodes. Of okay.
3: So at the end of the Clone Wars, the last episodes of that show take place while Order 66 is happening. So she's his contemporary. And there's no reason why we would not, we could not see them interact on the show, especially since we know that Obi-Wan, or let me let me take that back. Since we can assume or maybe believe that Obi-Wan might end up leaving the planet. Because I think up until this point, we thought Obi-Wan got to Tatooine and just stayed there, watched over Luke, right? That was probably the popular assumption before we knew the show was coming out. Mm-hmm. And so now it seems like that might not be the case. It's entirely okay. possible that he could have left the planet. And so all of those things make it seem more likely that there's going to be some other interaction between these characters. I'm excited for it. I, I Ewan McGregor is consistently discussed as being the best thing about the prequel trilogy i agree oh, with yeah. that um he mm-hmm. took what george lucas did and was actually make able to make it into something interesting and salient and making a, a lasting and enduring character so i'm excited for that i'm curious what he's going to do with this character 20 years later
1: um
3: uh, and i'm also cu- uh, go ahead i was gonna say i'm also curious what they're going to do with hayden christensen as darth vader in this
2: yeah, I don't know how they're going to do that cuz I don't understand how you bring back Hayden Christensen when he's just a body, when he's just like, you know, a guy walking around in a suit cuz you're not going to use his voice or are you? Because James Earl Jones is he too old? Cuz I he was he was sounding old as fuck in Rogue One, I'll tell you that. He sounded real. He old. is. He I know. is. Like you can only like, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um one thing I do want to say that if they do use Ahsoka, I saw fan casting online, really good uh, fan casting for Ahsoka at this age. She would probably be what, like 18 or something or 19 ish. I don't know. Uh, the girl from Spider-Man Homecoming, Liz, the girlfriend, Michael Keaton's daughter.
3: Oh, right. There you go. I'm like, man, it has been such a long time since I've seen that movie. It took me a minute. Sure. Why not? I
2: saw a side by side of her and Ahsoka. I'm like, oh, yeah, I could see that. That's good okay. casting. Because, you know, we'll she's see. like, what, 15 to 20 years younger than she would be
3: as Rosario Dawson? You know, I don't, speaking of age, it'll be interesting. Like, I don't know. I don't know how aliens age. And it'll, it's kind of interesting to watch the humans age because what we know is that Ewan McGregor and um, Owen, um, sorry, what's his real name? Damn it, Joe Joel Edgerton. They have to age significantly between. Don't worry
2: about it. Don't worry about it. That always <laughs> reminds me of. Uh, so you know what? Just... Me of the behind the Patrick scenes Revenge of the Sith. Oh. Uh, where they were putting makeup on on. Uh, what the fuck's his name? Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. and he's just all like, "It's like why am I getting so many grays?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, well you know it's you're you're older now." Like you're a few years, like you're three years older than you were last time. He's like, it's been a hell of a three years. <laughs> like is what he said. And I'm like, yeah, these these people, the, the, this, the aging doesn't quite mesh. How old is uh, Ewan McGregor? In real life? Yeah, 50. He's 50. How old was uh, Alec Guinness? Alec Guinness in Star Wars. Age. Age. Oh, fuck. I fucked up. And I'm scratching my eye, so I don't want to type. Ugh. Give me a second. All right, there you go age he was oh no he wasn't 86 fucking liar no um he was born in in the 14 do you really have to do math what is 77 minus 14 he was
3: 62 he was 62
2: so we got 12 years we got 12 years (laughs) okay a lot a lot of aging could happen between especially on that planet
3: right there's a you know here here's what's happening the three suns there's no moisturizer that's what's happening right Mm, exactly that's what's happening that's what's that's why it looks so old like only 12 years only
2: 12 years that's fucking crazy
3: yeah that's actually not bad that's that's pretty close but anyway yeah i'm excited for this um we'll see what happens i i love the restraint of not showing him with a lightsaber because I feel like this is very gunslingery, right? This is, this is the man with no name in the desert hanging out, doesn't want to do anything. And this is, this is some sort of Western. And I love the idea of like, he's going to have to go back and pick up that lightsaber and, and do a thing. He's going to have to mm-hmm. save these people from these horrible outlaws and bandits and the restraint of not even showing him with his lightsaber. Um, I appreciate that because I feel like that's the thing that has
2: to happen. The last shot of him is just his face, just not even doing anything. Barely yeah. emoting. Yeah. And it's I like, like it. the yeah, that's good restraint there. Um, I did see a comment online that annoyed the fuck out of me. Where people call it like woke wars because of the villain. And I'm like, are you kidding me?
3: Oh, because of the uh the because the black woman that is yes. an inquisitor? Yes. You know and I'm like, oh, don't so, in space.
2: so, so if you, if it's not a, that's the thing that bothers me. It's like, for some reason, if it's not a white male in a role, it's woke.
3: Yeah. That's so infuriating. We don't belong in space. There's actually a, a Star Wars or Star Wars. There's a Cyanide Live skit about that where they have the black characters and they have a convention. So the black characters of Star Wars meet and have a convention there in the convention hall. There's like three of them. Mm hmm that's the joke like they're just, was they're a just not only, yeah they're just like in this big convention hall they're only three of them so yeah um and the person you're talking about is moses ingram, moses ingram? The last yeah yep so she so, was in uh the tragedy of Macbeth, which was with uh denzel washington pretty good pretty good football. well you want to hear the real tragedy what's the real tragedy
2: who's that guy that you mentioned earlier the bald head guy
3: <laughs> rupert friend
2: rupert friend People complaining about him. Have you seen the complaints about that?
3: Oh, no, I don't want to hear. Okay, actually, let me hear. I'm sorry, we're doing a show. Yes, let me hear the complaints.
2: So uh, they're complaining that his head isn't tall enough. So, I mean, like the
3: people that fixed um, Cad Bane. So that's and... what I was thinking.
2: That's what okay. I was thinking. That they were compar- They're comparing him to the animated shows, which have elongated faces. But people are also saying that the race of that character is the same race. Uh, of the characters from revenge of the sith um, oh yeah and this guy looks nothing like that wait
3: revenge of the sith or attack of the clones
2: i think revenge of the sith
3: is it revenge of the um, sith it's the oh, one where, where there's where no Obi-Wan... there's no war here unless you brought it
2: yes wow you fucking pick how did i recognize that line and how did you pick that line up
3: i think that i think that that's a pretty yeah And you're right that is um Revenge of the Sith, because I think he says like he's here looking for port the them. ports
2: administrator. If you Google port yeah. administrator Star Wars, that's supposedly a quarry If I'm gonna believe these fans, because I I don't know. Um
3: you're gonna trust fans? Is, Jesus. Oh no.
2: No, I'm not gonna I'm just that's something if you trust fans, I'm saying, God, I'm such a bitter little bitch. You are uh, so he is a poun, pown, poun, powon, powon.
3: Come on, Nick, you can get it.
2: He's a Pow'an. Um, and if you go to the Pow'an, there's a Grand Inquis- Inquisitor was a Pow'an. People are saying this is a very specific one and that he looks nothing like the rest of his race as illustrated in Revenge of the Sith. Any thoughts on that? No. <laughs> I, don't don't
3: want to I don't even want to engage. No, I don't, I don't care that the... So you're not a real fan. Different. <laughs> I, I'm a bitter old man that's what I am. I'm just, I'm just tired of this. Um, we, we can't have any diversity. If we have any diversity, then it's woke. If somebody doesn't look exactly like the cartoon, then they're angry. Like, it's just like, you can't make people happy and trying to engage in a conversation like that. You can't, you cannot have meaningful conversation, engage with somebody that's just gonna, you know, kick over the game board or just like, you can't argue with a the fool. There's no point.
2: Yeah. I mean, people just make sure if they get the broad strokes, if they get the nice, the spine good of whatever we're saying, who cares about like the little things? And I know Cam um, on the site is just very much hates like Pablo Hidalgo, who talks about canon, how it's like canon is slightly different in context of a story versus, you know, like I don't know the quote exactly, but it's the idea that canon is what it needs to be to help support a story. And he's not all about that um let me actually see if I could find that quote
3: from, if from I think out, I, I yeah let me hear it because I think I understand what you're saying and I, I think the only concern to me would be retcons and some retcons are fun some are not
2: mm-hmm. um go ahead and keep talking
3: <laughs> I got nothing else
2: to say I was going to move on um all right well I'm not going to let you move on here we go
3: ah <laughs> oh, damn
2: it it's a fucking video not you watch that video you watch that video buddy
3: you watch that video
2: Pablo Hidalgo cannon I'm trying to fill out the way the air
3: yes let's hear it
2: it's Jordan Mason who I don't know who that is what I feel like I feel like I know who that is who's that what is going on I don't know what is the quote He says, "This is Jordan Mason. Let me talk about canon. I know, touchy subject. Blah blah blah. By and large, it seems misunderstood. An important thing to remember is that Star Wars is and always has been established as a mythology." Pablo Hidalgo quoted that tweet and then went on to say, "If you want one way to circle this, to square this circle, is the history textbook version of events, quote unquote, person X and Y, where on planet B, when A, where on planet B and A, when ugh." Persons, Sorry, he had a typo and it threw me off. Persons X and Y were on planet B when A occurred is canon. A fictional expression of it is potentially dramatized and embellished for its medium. Your space mileage may vary. Then he went on to say, this allows for inevitable variations that must occur in transmedia adaptations of the stories across formats. Okay, enough scholarship, is early. And then he went on to say, did I talk about this at the Seattle Film Summit a few years ago? back showing how different various versions of Luke destroying the death star across retellings Yet, where they agree is that is what we accepted where they differ is dramatically
3: important but historically not i feel like star wars is the only place where this bullshit is acceptable i feel what like that's where i would I what bush bull- people
2: <clears throat> the fact that we're talking about this right now
3: so there's the fact that we're talking about it the fact that it sounds like people are just finding a way to make canon not actually mean what it means. And maybe to some degree, I can accept that, right? So if you just accept the idea a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, that sounds like a fairy tale, right? That's how Mm -hmm. you start fairy tales. And from that perspective, yep, there are lots of different takes on Grimm's fairy tales. I don't think that that's what was originally intended. And I think that this is, like I said before, this feels like a retcon. And from that perspective, it's annoying. But sure, I don't care enough to. But it's not the end of the it. world. Yeah. I don't care <laughs> enough to make a salient argument about how stupid it is. But I do. I could see why that would irritate people. Because if that were actually true, if that were true, then they wouldn't have gotten rid of, of the expanded universe books. If mm-hmm. canon is just whatever you make it, if it's just whatever it needs to be to support the story, and who cares? The idea of Disney swooping in being like, this shit doesn't matter anymore. And I don't care, right? Because I think those expanded novels, if you enjoyed the book, that is enough. That's enough for me. But there are people that are genuinely upset that they came in and said, this is no longer canon. Yep. So I, I don't know that I agree from that perspective that it's just not canon just because, based on their definition of what canon is and isn't. But I don't care enough to make an argument as to why. I think that the expanded universe example is a good one for me because as someone who indulged in those books a lot, I gave zero fucks that Disney came in and said it didn't matter. I didn't read those books and need them to fill out that story. Right. Because again, that is something unique and germane to Star Wars that idea that all of these books influence the television shows and the movies. And I don't, I don't need that to be the case. I think that that's unique. Right. Okay. Going from saying, I didn't have anything to say to saying a lot. You said a lot, but that's fine. You're allowed what to change you? your mind. What about you as an author? Like, I, I think that the extended universe example would be particularly salient to you.
2: I but. mean I like to I like to keep things as potentially uh, consistent across the board, but I also do think there's some room for, you know, minor differences here and there if needed for one reason or another. The small things, nothing huge, but I also do appreciate the other perspective on history where things don't necessarily happen as history says it happened that's something that George R. R. Martin really took adv- advantage of in the game of Thrones series. Mm. And that's, there's room for that. But at the same time, there's a difference between a historical account and then what we have seen. Um, so I don't know. I can see what people be annoyed with it. I don't care enough to be annoyed by it because yeah. for me at this point, I don't, I don't care that much about the star Wars mythology. Uh, I care more about having fun and interesting Star Wars stories than I do about whether or not it perfectly matches up with mythology. Yes, I might get annoyed, but like, wait, that doesn't quite. Mm. But then I'll be like, if it's a good story, I don't give a shit. Don't care. Yeah. Kind of like how I don't care as much about you know any time travel logic in Avengers Endgame or multiverse logic in uh, <laughs> Spider-Man Far uh, No Way
3: Home. So yeah, I it kind of reminds me of another property where. I remember there was a period of time where Force Unleashed was canon, and now all of a sudden it's not. Like,
1: mm-hmm. I don't
3: need these stories so desperately to connect to that world to make it interesting. I'm curious what would happen. Could you make me care that much about a Marvel universe? No, I, and I think that comic book, well, I was gonna say this, I think comic book. my relation to comic books informs my relation to Star Wars. I have no expectation that what I read in the comic books is the same as what they're going to do in the Marvel movies. And I think if you, it's weird to me that I know a lot of star Wars fans that are comic book fans. So it's weird to me that you can't apply the same logic and let, let what they do in the movies and versus the books just roll off your back as being unrelated. And I think part of it is for decades, they told us that they were, um, but again, you should be just as comfortable with it not mattering because you had this relationship with comic books where it didn't, it didn't matter. So, well, I'm exhausted. You're How exhausted. You? Almost. You're not. You're not excited about Star Wars or Star Trek. You don't want to move from no, no, Galaxy I'm, Far oh, Far Away to. I
2: mean, I've never been a totally Star Trek going. fan. This, this has always oh, been a you and God. Nick thing. Why can't you be Nick? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that's adorable.
3: Anyway, I'm gonna say this because I'm wearing my Star Trek hoodie, so we're gonna do this. We got right. the first trailer for Strange New Worlds, which is going to be the newest show to join Paramount Plus's pantheon of uh, Star Trek Paramount shows. Plus's
2: pantheon.
3: I know. Say it three times fast. So we're gonna cool. get a ten episode run of this show, uh, and it's gonna debut on May 5th, and it's gonna be you know as they all have been uh, about 45 minutes an episode and we got glimpses of Pike. We got glimpses of the ship. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this version of these characters again. So we've got Rebecca Romaine as number one, uh, Ethan Peck coming back as Spock. And it is fun to see how uh, Paramount has developed this Star Trek universe because all of these Shows are interrelated in some way. Uh, I've really been enjoying Picard season two thus far. Uh, we'll see if it can hold my interest because I was not a fan of the first season. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, we're also going to get uh, Uhura in this. I don't think we saw her in the trailer, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun and interesting. We'll 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 get to see. And I, I'm I think that this show it will probably be. I always screw this up. Uh episodic, episodic versus serialized. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm kind of excited about that because I feel like with the last season of Discovery, sometimes the question is more interesting than the answer. Okay. And if you've been following this mystery the entire season and it's not good or interesting, you're just kind of let down by what you end up getting. If a show is more episodic, there is less of that potential. So we'll see.
2: I wish I could uh, actually react to this, but you know me, I'm I'm a Star Trek uh, dipshit.
3: I think, you know what would be interesting? I'm curious if you started with this, would you be into it? Because I think that this is probably a good place for you to jump on.
1: Mm,
2: But I have no interest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, no like, answer. I'm sure I, no
2: I'm sure I could, I sure I could like it, but I mean, there's already so many other things. I don't know if I want to hop into a franchise as extensive as Star Trek at this point. I'm like, ah, yeah. I'm okay with the movie. I'll watch the movies. I'll stick to the movies. Okay, all right. <laughs> and also, I don't want Paramount Plus. You know, if I didn't have to get Paramount Plus, I probably would be more willing to do it.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, there's just too many services. The nice thing is, my wife and I split those up, so nobody has to pay for all of that stuff, it feels less of a drain knowing that somebody else is getting the bill for one versus the other. Yeah, so yeah.
2: Paramount Plus, make a free option, and I very well Mm. may indulge in your trekkiness.
3: I'm kind of surprised that there is not an ad-supported version because we just found out we're going to get one of those for, I think it's HBO Max. Really? So. Yeah, I have to double-check that. I, no, is it HBO Max or Disney Plus? It's one or the other. One either of the one, either one is
2: surprising.
3: Really? Why? Because I
2: think both of those are doing plenty well as it is
3: without that. Hold on. I'm going to look this up. Um, so <laughs> this is funny. Variety says, Paramount CEO says, Disney Plus launching ad-supported option.
2: <laughs> Wait, Paramount CEO? What?
3: yes what does that mean i do i just think it's funny that we're talking about paramount plus and the paramount ceo is talking about this I don't So he's saying, he's
2: saying that what is he because
3: saying they're talking about the that it is a valid strategy having an ad supported streaming option i guess but i wonder but you know does that mean that you're eventually going to get one
2: that'd be nice I mean, I can, I want to cut down on a service or two. If I can get an ad supported version, I'd be open for that. Yeah. Well, I what sucks which one is, would, I, would I want to use? Like, I think I'd want to use it on, oh fuck. I guess HBO, I'd be open for that.
3: Well, they do have one. HBO does have one, but it's not free. That's the problem.
2: Oh yeah. I want a free, I'm talking free here.
3: Yeah. Well, I HBO Max's I, ad supported version is
2: $10 and that's $5 less than the regular version. That's substantial. That's substantially is. less. Is it five dollars? That's a good amount less a month. Oh my God. Okay, that's like sixty dollars a year. That's like a
3: yeah, it's a hundred dollars a year with ads, that's like, or one hundred and fifty like, without.
2: Like, that's like two people or three people going to an escape room
3: a year. It's fit. It's fifty dollars. Oh, it's fifty dollars, oh. Jammer. I
2: thought you said twelve times five. Twelve times five. That's $60. I did not. What? I
3: did not give you an equation. I told you exactly how much it costs for one versus the other. All right. I thought you said it's, it's
2: $14.99 versus 9 dollars That's $5 difference.
3: I'm Five sorry. Five times and 12. I misquoted. So 16. one of the things I misquoted is there is an annual subscription where you can pay all of it. Um, and so it's 100 bucks with ads and then 150 with no ads. So there is an additional pricing scheme. Scheme. Sounds Yeah. Scheming. Where if you pay it all at once versus monthly. Okay okay sounds you good you gonna do it you gonna do it let me hear about yeah. your paramount plus subscription
2: i don't want to do it i don't want do to do it i mean because i don't want it to get another paramount plus subscription i would rather do that and then get a freaking uh alamo draft house thing
3: fine fine all right fine you ready in the show then since you're not going to do the thing i asked you to
2: do am i ready to do show? Yes, the show yes in the show Let's do it. Yeah. I'm
3: done. I'm sorry. Did I slur? Did I slur my words together?
2: You kind of did. did. I'm sleepy.
3: I'm sleepy. All right. So, dear listener, if you like what you heard, do all the socials, like, rate, comment, subscribe, share. We definitely appreciate it. Also, the Genreverse has other great programs for you to listen to on YouTube as well as LRMOnline.com. So you can find those wherever you find your favorite podcast. be it on your smart speaker or whatever app you're listening to this right now. Jammer, where can you be found?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Jam the Writer and all of my stuff under the name AJ Stern on Amazon and...
3: And you can find me tweeting at SirJonesius and picturing, Instagramming at SirJonesius as well. And of course, right here on Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. Folks, as always, thanks for listening and we will catch you on the next one.
2: Hasta lasagna. Do not be getting on any Anya. What? Mission accomplished. (laughs) I don't know. So you, just got, you got stick
3: like to stick to what do you know. I didn't do it by accident. It
1: I know. It's un-
3: oh, oh, I see. Okay. Did you see that uh, people were upset that uh, oh, no. they're bringing the... No, no, no. This is, less of- this is not one of those. People okay. are upset that they are putting the uh, Daredevil and Marvel shows on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I don't
2: know. I guess. I'm surprised Ooh. they're not putting it on Hulu. I don't know why they're putting on Disney Plus.
3: Because I think that people services can be multiple things. Like it's weird to me to have many services. Can cry.
2: but Disney is different. Disney is a different sort of brand.
3: I hear what you're saying. I think in the 21st century we need to get over it. I think it's okay. Like if it's okay for Bugs Bunny to exist on the same channel as fucking Euphoria, then it's fine. Right? No. I might. Like, I see
2: your point. I see your point. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I, I hear, hear what you're English saying. I don't know if I agree. I get it, but I get it.
3: I, I get don't it. hold this Disney is. I don't high regard. I don't care.